black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How has your week been? I I, I swear I'm going to stop saying it's been rough, but I can't yet. Y'all, this is the season of, before I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I mean, it's just like trying to stay focused. I mean, everything that could have went wrong in the last couple weeks went wrong. So I found out this week that I'm not going to be starting my new job in November. Instead, the start date was supposed to be October, then it was pushed back to November. Now it's pushed back to December because my application for my medical licensure is missing a key portion because of some federal composite licensing company not sending my stuff in time. So I had to re-request that stuff. And so once I get that, then I'll be approved, but it won't be approved before the board meets in November. So I have to push that back to December. So that's throwing a wrench in everything. I already told y'all last week that um, the house fell through, you know, at the last minute. Or maybe the house didn't fall through last uh, last uh, week, but it did. They pulled out last Monday and I had to drive from Marietta to Houston, Texas at the last minute. After finding out my husband couldn't fly down because after the recording last week, my husband had to hurriedly go to the ER because he had a nosebleed and so bad of a nosebleed that he had a clot that was expanding in the back of his throat, basically, that blocked off his airway and caused his oxygen saturation to drop to 88%. And he had to wear a balloon tamponade uh, for three days uh, and he saw the ENT twice. So of course, me and my mom and Harrison got in the car at the last minute after we could not find a flight to get us there by the next morning at 8 a.m. We just got in the car and just drove. And we got there literally within minutes of my virtual clinic starting and within 30 minutes of the movers or the packers getting there. So it um, it has been a whirlwind over the past couple of weeks, but I am just praying that all of these things that are happening with the house falling through and the job falling through and people that I initially hired for the job falling through, that there must be like an amazing breakthrough coming in 2023. I'm just, I'm believing God for that. And I want y'all to be in prayer for me for that. Because I mean, whenever I say what else can happen, something else Something else happens. So I'm not going to say what else can happen from now on. I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. Stay focused. Thank God that I'm working virtually right now between jobs and I can support my family 
and that my husband also has a job to help support us and that we can keep moving forward. But man, it's been a trying time. Now, on another note, my best friend did publish a prayer journal for women. Christina did. So on Amazon, prayer journal for women. So um, my husband ordered it for me while I was gone. And I'm going to start journaling because I think that that's a great way to meditate. Just write it down. Mm-hmm. How's your week been, Johnny? Okay. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You love to like skate over some things. I have a lot of questions. So what is a, what did you say? A balloon tamponade? What is that? So a balloon tamponade is when you basically, there's a balloon that's a thin balloon that you can insert into the nasal cavity. Okay. So if you're bleeding, you know how you pack your nose with like tissue or like gauze to stop the bleeding, it holds pressure, right? Like a tourniquet holds pressure. If you're bleeding in your arm, you hold pressure. Same thing with a packing, but a packing is like gauze. So you can bleed through that because it's porous. So balloon tamponade basically is like a balloon, except for it's a little bit more rigid and you insert it into the nose. They insert it all the way up because it's the length of your finger. And then they put air in there with a syringe to exert pressure against the wall of the nasal cavity, which in turn will help you stop bleeding, right? And will help you clot. So that's what he had to have. But when he had that place, it caused him to cough and he coughed up this huge clot that was the size of my hand. The little medical student was like, oh my God, (laughs) it was huge. And then his oxygen saturation started to come back up after he got rid of that clot that was obviously occluding some of his airway. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God he coughed it up because, like, what if he was asleep when it happened? Well, eventually he would have coughed, right? So, eventually he would have, well, hopefully he would have coughed. He was trying not to cough because he's trying not to expel the uh, the packing. So, he was there just holding pressure and having the packing in place and holding pressure on top of the packing. But, um, but yeah. And then he was super diaphoretic. I mean, just sweat, just drenching off of his head. I mean, it was crazy. Oh, poor thing. Well, I'm glad that he's better now. Like, it sounds like, it sounds like you need to go see the doctor now. You sound congested. Yeah. Yeah. Me? You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, you. Y'all listen. I'm glad that he's better, but you don't sound like you're good. Listen, I feel broke down. I can't even lie. It's like everything. And then I'm broke down. I feel like somebody needs to remove my whole nose flush it for me, and then put it back on. That's how congested I am right now. So I know y'all hear it. Just charge this one to the game because, I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm congested. I don't feel as bad now that I've gotten some rest. I don't feel as bad. But, um, you know, your husband was saying before we start recording, sleep is really essential. Y'all, if you don't get enough sleep, your body will literally start to deteriorate and break down on you. I think that that is what I'm doing right now. Like my body is like, oh, you don't want to sit down? Let me show you. Let me make you sit down. So I'm just getting sat sat down, right? And um, this is definitely a way to slow me down. But yeah, I am congested. I don't have COVID, thank God. I don't really have a cough unless I feel like some type of post-nasal drainage every now and then. But I'm just so congested that, you know, like, your nose doesn't even really run. It's just stuck. That's what I feel right now. Just stuff stuck. I know that's gross, but how I feel. 
Well, I hope that you feel better soon. I, y'all, she has to love y'all because that you should see Nicole. Now, she looks great like she normally does, but you can tell that she doesn't feel the greatest. Mainly because she's like, you can tell she's trying to breathe through her mouth and not her nose. So, y'all, she loves you. I do love y'all. I do love y'all. And honestly, you know, when we created the podcast, it was a way for us to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation, right? So this is sort of my way to deal. I'm not going to lie. I'm using y'all. I'm using y'all to cope, okay? Now, we want y'all to cope with better help, okay? Get you some help, okay? But in the meantime, this is also my way of coping. That's real. That's real. So you all, when by the time you listen to this, Halloween will be well over. But remember, we I was telling you all, you too, Nicole, that Ken and I decided to do trunk or treat at church, right? We went over a couple of ideas. So we threw out everything from being a football player and a cheerleader, because again, we really only had like a week to plan. So like a football player and cheerleader, then we thought about being um, characters from Despicable Me. Then we were like, uh, Ken gave me a little reality check and he was like, Janine, you're not taking off from work to get this done. So we have to get everything done on the few hours that you have to yourself. And it needs to be relatively simple because we only got at that point, it was like five days. So we decided... So Ken is going to show you and I'm going to stand up. So this is what we decided to be. Oh, M&M's. Can you oh, see him? Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> He's a blue M&M and you're a red M&M. I love it. So that was what we came together. So we'll post pictures. We'll show you. I'll send you the pictures now, Nicole, so you can see them. But yeah, it was fun. And we had trunk or treat and then we gave out M&M's. I love it. I love it. Well, as you know, me and mine, we ain't being nothing. Now, Harrison, he's already had an ensemble of of, uh, outfits, okay, of costumes. So we will surprise you guys and post what he decided to go as um, since, you know, Halloween is technically tomorrow because y'all know we record on Sundays. So, um, yeah, we'll post what he decides to go. But me me and James, no, we're not doing that. And y'all Nothing. hear the way I sound? You hear the way I sound, girl? Please. You're right. You should dress up like a doctor. <laughs> I should dress up like a box of Kleenex. That's what I should. <laughs> then I can just pull tissues out of my bra and blow my nose as I'm <laughs> trick treating with my child. That's what I should do. That's actually a really good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just want you to, like, you have to, okay, maybe not this year because you all don't feel well. But next year, like, we have to do something like, I just want to see what Harrison's going to be. Because that's really the fun part. Like, what's Harrison going to be? Are you going to post pictures of all of his costumes or just the ones that he's wearing on Halloween? I think I'm going to post them all. I mean, okay. I'll give y'all a spread yes. of all the costumes he's had in the past two weeks. I can't wait. All right, Janine. So, well, before we get to you, how have our listeners been doing? How y'all been doing this week? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a secret, Nicole. Now, I don't know if you've been getting these messages on Facebook, but we did an episode about two weeks ago about some awkward, intimate moments, our listeners have been responding in our IG inbox. Now, (laughs) y'all, I'm going to post some of them that we have received. 
and I'm not going to put anybody on front street, but y'all have been doing good. It seems from based on the messages we've been getting in the inbox, y'all have been responding and we appreciate it inboxing us, but have y'all been reviewing? Are you rating us? Are you subscribing? We appreciate you listening, but we need you to rate review and subscribe because it helps us get up and do this every Sunday so that we can share our experiences with you. Right, Nicole? Yes. And don't forget to share with your friends. Sharing is caring. Yes, please. All right. Now, Janine, now that we've gotten on to our listeners a little bit. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> we love y'all. So what's on our timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. So this story came across our timeline, but it's I seem to have overlooked it. So I didn't actually realize that this was the same story until someone recommended to us. So I then doubled back and did a circle around the block and decided to come back to it. So I will say, I'm not going to lie, I fell into the, the trap too. You'll see what I'm talking about. But then I realized that there was a little bit more to this story. And like everything in life, there was a message to be learned or, or a message or a lesson, I should say, to be learned here. So here we go. Last week, Daisy, and her real name is actually Daisy, Daisy, um, who goes by Little Plant Mommy on Elon Musk's Twitter, a.k.a. the Garden Coffee Lady, she tweeted, This very sweet tweet, it said, my husband and I wake up every morning and bring our coffee out to our garden and sit and talk for hours every morning. It never gets old. We never run out of things to talk to. Love him so much. So now, Nicole, when I first read this, I thought to myself, how sweet. I kind of figured like she must be still like honeymooning and she probably is still in that like early marriage marital bliss, right? And I figured they they probably haven't been married that long because, you know, they haven't gotten to the rat race of marriage and life yet. And I was correct. But then my next thought actually was, and this is where I say I fell into the trap. It was simply a really simple thought to myself what was must be nice. Now, I didn't use my Twitter thumbs to reply. Like, I don't do that. And I didn't use it because, one, I don't know Daisy. So Daisy's morning coffee in her garden with her husband is not affecting Janine's morning coffee in the car on her hour drive to work. It's not affecting that. So my Twitter thumbs stayed on this side of Twitter. The second reason that I didn't is because when I thought about it, I was actually happy for her. I mean, honestly, Nicole, the first thing I thought was that sounds like the the zen that I need in the morning to like settle my mind before I get into the rat race of work. So I just had the fleeting thought of it must be nice and was a a tad jealous, but I kept moving. But, you know, that Elon Musk Twitter, they had a whole field day with this poor lady. Now, you would have thought that she was Like the way that Twitter came for her, you would have thought that she was Kanye making anti-Semitic comments, like real talk. They hammered her. I think it was like 3000 some comment replies to her. And I would say probably 90 percent of them were negative. So people were saying things like, sounds like you and your husband need to get jobs. Somebody said, that's cool. I wake up every morning and fight my way through traffic for an hour 
in Miami to get to work must be nice. Kind of the same thing I thought. But, you know, somebody tweeted, I wake up every day with chronic pain and wash my OCD medication down with an iced oat milk latte. But whatever, potato, potato. Am I right? Others pointed out that what she's talking about is kind of an unattainable goal for most people. Some people even admitted that they wish they had the luxury of being able to be, to have that decompression time in the morning. Some even questioned the purpose for the tweet. Some suggested that it was simply to make other people feel bad about themselves. Some looked at it kind of like I did, and they kind of minimized her marriage, basically saying that it would have been more impressive if she had been married longer. And look, I'm not going to say that anyone is right or wrong about their feelings, but what I will say is this. While it might have felt unrelatable a bit, or she might have felt a bit out of touch, I think that we have to be happy and grateful for the fact that she is expressing public gratitude for her coffee, her garden, her husband. And I feel like for whatever reason, we've gotten to this place where we just allow negativity to kind of overshadow everything. So yeah, it seems a little far-fetched to most of us, right? It seems far-fetched to me. I don't have hours upon the day. Like I barely have an hour to like do the things that I actually need to do, like eat and sleep, you know? But that doesn't mean that I have to be negative about Daisy, right? So to me, while some people think that Daisy is showing off, I have to think like, what is social media about? Social media is about sharing, sharing your stories, sharing your experiences, sharing your thoughts. Like that's the whole point of social media. Like we, people talk about, oh, she's bragging. Yeah, that's what most of social media is. Most people are like, oh, this is a humble brag. It don't have to be a humble brag. Be grateful for the things that you have. And like, why are we allowing negativity to overshadow people's happiness? I, I don't understand. So rather than us being happy for her, like we would want people to be happy for us if it were us. And we were expressing our gratitude for our situation, our husband and our garden and our coffee. We just allow this spirit of like pessimism, I will say, to kind of overtake things. And I don't think that it's necessary. <sighs> then we go on to, as I put it, Nicole, the suffering Olympics, where we kind of go into like, who has the worst situation? Who has more trauma? Why do we care? Why are we measuring our worth on bad situations and trauma? Why, why, why do we do that? Because really, honestly, do most of us really have that much trauma or are there things, I'm not even going to say are there, we all know that even in our worst situations, we have things to be grateful for. I don't know, Nicole, maybe I'm just looking for some more positivity and optimism in life. What do you think? I think when you sent me that story, I was like reading about, of reading the post, looking at the, the images of her and her, I guess his husband doing the little yoga poses or whatever. And I was thinking to myself, oh, that's nice. Take it up every morning, have a cup of coffee. Nice way to bond with your spouse. And I didn't see what the big deal was. And then reading the comments, I was like, oh, people just downright jealous. 
And, you know, usually it's like one comment, but this one had like just a run of negativity. And I just did not understand why. I think that there are extremes in social media, as you have pointed out. Either you want your life to look brand spanking, fresh bottom baby new, and nothing is wrong. Everything is all Skittles and sunshine. Or you're like constantly trying to tell people how miserable you are. And I think that the people that wanted everyone to know they're miserable basically bash this woman for being at peace with her life. I'm like, why she can't have peace in her relationship? Why you have to, you know, people making comments like, oh, well, some of us had, you know, didn't have a silver spoon. Some of us has have rent to pay. I'm like, but she's not the sum of you. So who cares? So I don't know. I didn't know where it came from. And then when you also brought up the, the uh, topic, I'll throw my ignorance out there. You were like, this is sort of like the suffering Olympics. I was like, oh, the Olympics are suffering. What is that? Let me go and Google how the Olympics are suffering. And I was like, okay, how's Olympic suffering aligned in this article about these negative people? <laughs> I was lost. But now I do understand the one up, right? The, hey, who suffers the most? Who suffers the worst? You know, oh, you have something good to say? Well, let me show you how I'm suffering, how you shouldn't rub your goodness in everybody's face. You know, really? Social media is what you put out there. It's the story you want to tell everybody else, right? Y'all hear my congestion right now. You've heard my story about how I, you know, drove cross country, how my house, you know, offer fell apart. You've heard that on the podcast because you're a part of the family. And when you're a part of the family, we can tell each other the secrets, right? But if you're just following on social media, guess what? You don't get the secrets of the family, all right? You're not family. You are a, a bystander, okay? Everything looks great. We're going to put our little holiday costume pictures up and everything's going to look peachy. You're never going to know anything about the delay of the start of my job. You're never going to know that I'm tired from driving across country. You're not going to know. Why? Because you're not family and you only get what we put out there in the front of you. Okay, so you can't get mad at this woman for putting out in front of you what she likes about her life. Because guess what? Most of us only putting out the good stuff we like. All right. So don't beat her up just because you don't have no good stuff to put out about what you like about your life. Okay. sorry. Sorry, but not sorry. I agree with you. And it's honestly, Nicole, it's not that these people don't have any good stuff to share about their lives. It's that they haven't taken the time to be grateful for the things that are positive in their life, right? Every time, and I remember my grandma used to say, you know, every morning that you wake up on, and you on this side of glory, then it's a great day. It's because there are people, and you hear this in probably every Kojic, Baptist, whatever, Black denomination church, at, Go to a church and you'll hear this on a Sunday. They'll tell you that somebody didn't wake up this morning. And that's true. It is very true. And I'm not to not to diminish people's experiences or their trauma or their their struggles in life. But there is something that you can be grateful for every single day. If we want to go back to our Auntie Oprah, only in our mind, we're not really related to Oprah. So. But we wish. But if we want to go back to Oprah, she talked about a gratitude journal. 
it's very difficult for us to sometimes think about the things that are positive in our lives when we are faced head on with negativity. But we have to remember that we still have another day, another opportunity, another chance to change something. So I think that, yeah, we go through trauma. We go through struggles. Life is not always peachy keen. We get that. But there will always be something to be grateful for. As long as you have breath in your body, there's something to be grateful for. I'm a strong proponent of that. You know what? I I like that. We should post all the things that we are grateful for. And well, we'll do that for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up. That's thankful season. But as we're preparing for thankfulness season, Thanksgiving, we should sort of prime ourselves to start to see like, okay, this is what I'm grateful for. And yes, I got a chance to do this again. Yes, my job fell through, but guess what? I'm still eventually going to start and I'm going to get everything worked out. And it's going to be peachy key. Anyway. You will. Positive thinking. Mm-hmm. All right, so Janine, are you ready to talk through some of these letters from our listeners? Let's do it. All right, so the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, my cousin is such a Debbie Downer and an attention stealer. Don't you hate those kind of people? Yes, girl. uh, She always has to be the center of attention, even if it's negative. The other day, me and a group of friends were going to brunch. She was in town, so I invited her along. One of my friends is going through a divorce, so she was venting about the process. My cousin brings up her past abusive relationship and how much more awful that situation was for her than the divorce my friend is going through due to infidelity. Then someone tried to change the subject and talk about how nice the weather was. Then she pointed out that it's supposed to rain later that day, so there'll probably be accidents later on that night. I was so pissed and embarrassed at the same time. I completely forgot how not fun she is to be around. She told me she's supposed to be moving to the area for a new job, which is why she was in town in the first place. So I feel like her being around is going to be a more frequent occurrence. How should I approach her attitude though? I don't want to disinvite her if she's moving here or avoid her because she's family, but I can't have her acting as she did around my friends today. How would you ladies handle the situation? Any advice is appreciated. Rosemary. Okay. Now, Rosemary, did Rosemary say how old her cousin was? She did not. Okay. I'm going to assume that she's an adult, like an adult adult, not like a new adult, like, you know, our age or older. Okay. Now, if I'm wrong in this assumption, Rosemary, you should have told us how old she was. It's like I'm playing, but yeah. So, I'm going to assume that she's very grown. And I will say this, and I'm not saying that um, you can't teach old dogs new tricks because I'm not saying that at all, but I am kind of saying it. And the reason why is because you can't change somebody's personality. You cannot do it. And if people don't make the conscious change themselves to have a more positive outlook on life, then there's nothing that you can do. Now, you're not obligated to hang out with your family either, right? Family is just that. Now, I'm not saying that you turn your back on your family. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is just because they're family, it does not mean that you're obligated to bring them into your friend circle. And if your family is embarrassing you, 
no matter what the level, whether it's small embarrassment, large embarrassment, this kind of embarrassment that you're referring to, which lies somewhere in the middle, you don't have to subject yourself to that. You are responsible for your space the same way that you would let go of a stranger if they were being so negative towards you is the same way that you can distance yourself from your family. Now, we never let go of our family. We ride with our family. Now, we don't ride with their terrible behavior, but we ride with our family. But what I'm saying is when their energy is disturbing your peace, that's when you know it's time to let it go. Now, I would mention to her, hey, you tend to be negative and maybe point it out to her a couple of times. But what's going to happen is if she's not able to harness whatever energy she has and bottle it up so that she's not oozing negativity all the time, if she's not able to do that, it's not going to be you that has to ask her to leave the friend group. It's going to be your friends because they don't have the same obligation to your cousin that you do. And when she starts oozing her negativity into their space and taking their energy and making their energy different, they will stop including her and may stop including you. So I suggest maybe you have a conversation with her. Maybe you point out to her some instances where she's been negative and some give her some tools to kind of think of things a little bit more in a little bit more of a positive manner. And if she's not able to do that, then maybe you just need to, you know, sometimes negative people need to to be alone with themselves to figure things out. That's my suggestion. What do you think, Nicole? So I think that this is a cousin and a family member and I would handle this. You know, I was sitting there listening to you and I, I definitely agree. Like she doesn't have to be a friend. She's your cousin. She don't have to be a friend, but I, think that she probably is younger, but she's old enough to have a job and be moving there. So she grown. So my approach is always the direct approach. So if she's family too, oh, I'm gonna keep it all the way real. Hey girl, you embarrassed the heck out of me when you said X, Y, and Z. What is your problem? Is something going on that I need to know about? Is how I would approach it initially. Okay. And then I would tell her very honestly, Hey, if you come in here with that type of vibe, you don't need to be you don't need to be around my friends. So I would literally tell her because I don't want her to be guessing or thinking I'm avoiding her or you know me tiptoeing on eggshells. I'm not tiptoeing on eggshells. I'm telling you what it is. This is what it is. Your behavior was dismissive to my my friends and their situation. I want you to be able to get along with them. I love you because you're my cousin. So I'm going to have to ask you to pipe down with the negativity. If you're going through something, we can help you talk through that too. But let's give everybody the opportunity to have some attention. And then I would also ask if she wanted to spend some one-on-one time. Like, is are you going through something? Like, do you want to go out and have drinks? Because obviously the conversation went, you know, way left at the table. So what are you dealing with? You know, let's talk through that. Um, and because if you avoid her altogether, she's family. She is going to be around because she's in the same city. Now, even if she doesn't come to your brunches, which I would say, sometimes you have to do stuff with your close friends and not invite your family. Okay. So that's just what it is. But if you're having a gathering at your house, yeah, there are going to be sometimes that she comes and your friends come. So you, that's why you got to address it. And then even if it's not a time with your friends, you don't want to be with only family and that type of drama come up either. Talking about Thanksgiving coming up. Christmas holidays are coming up. She's local, so she's going to be spending time at the locals' houses. 
Okay. So to shut that down now, like we don't need all of that. If you're dealing with something, you need to go to counseling. Let's get you some help or we can talk with you, but don't like downplay people's situations to make them think, oh, the little infidelity you're dealing with, girl, that's not that big a deal. This dude just beat on me. Okay. We know that's a big deal. You could have gotten killed, but both situations going through a divorce in general is a big deal. Okay. So, uh, let's not belittle people's situations, right? That's just like, people do the opposite with that too, Johnny, like one up people, right? So somebody, you know, oh, I got a degree. I got my degree in social work. I'm so excited. Like, oh, but I got my medical. Like nobody needs that one up. Like you can celebrate everybody, right? Just like you can be there to support everybody that's going through difficult times. It doesn't mean like we only can support that one person. So we want to make sure you will have the most difficult situation you're going through right now. No, we can support each other just like we can, you know, celebrate each other. All the awards, big and small, just like we can be there to cry with you for the little tribulations and the huge divorces. Okay. It doesn't have to be a one up in either direction. I agree with you 100 percent. One, two, two points that I'd like to, to make from what you just said. Big T trauma and little T trauma. At the end of the day, it's all trauma. So it no one's trauma is bigger than the other. Like we have to stop with this like, oh, my situation is worse than you. We are not martyrs here. So we again stop focusing on the negative. And let's think about the positive. Rather than, and you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll post some things like some as opposed to thinking of things in this manner, let's think of things like this, but it it doesn't come overnight. So let us not be um, naive to think that you can just snap your fingers and think differently by tomorrow. It comes with practice and routine. And then after you continue to do it for enough, enough time, and it becomes a part of your routine enough time, then it becomes habit, right? And that's the intention is for you to have more positivity because no one likes to be around the Debbie Downer or the person who always says negative things. Even if you're not intentionally saying them, it's annoying. Just sometimes the, the silence is better. That's the first thing. And then the other thing to your point of there are also people who want up. Let me be very clear. Overly positive people are equally as detrimental as overly negative people. Like, we don't want you to be pie in the sky, rose colored glasses all the time either. Like somewhere in the middle, somewhere I'm a realist, right? Like somewhere in the middle, we're not going to be super head in the clouds, optimistic, but we're also not going to be super head in the sand, pessimistic. So middle ground, middle ground is what we're aiming for here. Middle ground. All right, Jenny, what is your letter read? So mine says, Nicole and Janine, I love you both. And it's a lot of, like a lot of O's. It says, thank you all for always being real. My letter is very simple. My husband has become a, a negative cynic in his old age. We've been married for 36 years. And it seems the older he gets, the more negative he becomes. I started to notice it. When our children became grown and left our house, he is negative about everything. To give you an example, the other day I told him, you look handsome today. He said, what? I don't look handsome every day. Now you all know we've been married entirely too long to be playing these kind of games. Ladies, 
how can I get this old man of mine to be more positive? This is becoming draining. Signed, Jerry. So, Jerry, has your man ever been positive? You know, I'm just wondering, like, you've been with this old man. He old. You've been with him. You know how he is. You know his ways. So, girl, why are you asking? Like, I'm like, you know who you met. You know, you know who you with. My thing is this. People try to change a person. You can't change a person. If that person has a pessimistic attitude, if their their whole nature is somewhat pessimistic, but back in the day, you, you know, overlooked that because he looked good. And now things are starting to sag and wag and his negativity is getting on your nerves now. Well, you knew what it was when you, when you got with him, you knew what it was. But all I can say is I would try to say, Hey babe, you realize that you speak negatively about yourself and about other things, which then drains the life out of me. Like let's try to be a little bit more conscious about how we speak and let's speak life into everything that comes out of our mouths. And sometimes that's helpful. Sometimes there's some deep rooted issues in there that may need some counseling uh, to get to, to the root of why someone is so negative. But you haven't said anything to me that I'm recalling as a reason that this person had like a moment that made them negative. So I just feel like that's just who that person is. And I think that everything you say doesn't have to be like, yeah, you said something, you gave me a compliment. Woo, yay. You know, maybe he's just not in the mood. Like everybody is not in the mood all the time to be positive. Sometimes people are just having one of those days. Now, the question is, is it just that he's having a moment or is this just him? And basically what you're saying, it sounds like it might just be him. But if it is, then I feel like, you knew what it was and you cannot just snap your fingers and change somebody's whole personality. I'm sorry. It is what it is. I'm sorry. I I, I know you're wishing for something more. Uh, and Janine, I know you're gonna be like, damn Nicole, but Hey, I, that's, that's how I feel about the situation. Surprisingly enough, I thought the exact same thing. So Jerry, the one thing that I would like to ask you, cause you said that it seems that he gets more and I'm going to paraphrase more ornery as he's getting older. Well, one, I think that we should be mindful that like a lot of people get more ornery as they get older. You know, some people age gracefully and then they're nice and like friendly and such. And then some people, they become ornery. It's okay. We just try to, to, to temper their orneriness. Right. But here's, here's what I'm, I'm, I have a sneaking suspicion of, right? You said that you started noticing this. You've been married for 36 years. And you said that you started noticing this when your children became grown and they started moving out the house. Well, can I ask you something? Can you think back before they were grown and started moving out the house? How much interaction did you have with him? Were you too busy focusing on the kids and raising the kids? to the point of being self-sufficient and getting out the house that you might have overlooked your husband's negativity prior to this. Because I have a very difficult time believing that after 36 years, this man just became old and ornery yesterday. I mean, maybe, maybe he did. Maybe something happened. Was there some trauma in your husband's life? 
you know, maybe he's going through a different change. Maybe he's grown to be a different person. We don't know. But my suggestion would be if you can't deal with this, right? I think take Nicole's advice. Talk to him, see where he is, where his headspace is. You know, it's different. Some people, you know, if you've been married 36 years, I would assume you're probably in your 50s. This is a very different world than you all were raised in. It's a very different world than Nicole and I were raised in. It's a very different world than the the millennials were raised in. Nicole and I are millennials, but we're on the upper end. But I think that we have to be mindful that things affect people differently. We did just come out of a pandemic. We're headed into a recession. You don't know what he's thinking about and what goes on in his head. So maybe it's bigger than this. Maybe it's that he's not feeling it, as Nicole said. Maybe he's not intentionally being negative. Maybe he's always been negative. We don't know. But the best way for you to figure that out is probably go get some counseling. Honestly, if even if he's not willing to go to counseling, you go to counseling because you if you're committed to this relationship, which after 36 years, girl, you you committed. OK, go to counseling to for you to figure out how to deal with him. Right, because counseling isn't about the other person, it's about us. So maybe go to counseling to figure out how to deal with your ornery husband. Or maybe it's just how you're taking things. I don't know. I don't know. Your letter was very simple. But I'm saying it at 36 years, girl, you committed. Jerry, you committed. You are committed. You hear me? Committed. Okay. So we're going to make this work. Unless there is harm being done, we can deal with a bit of negativity. And I'm not saying that mental harm is not bad. Don't, y'all don't come for us. That's not what I'm saying. But it seems like he's just a little, he's just a little bit of a grumpy old man. And that's okay. That's okay. Let's help him work through it. Well, and I'll say this, you know, my mother-in-law always told me, you know, keep dancing, right? If you're dancing, you're not really arguing. Now, me and my husband don't dance. James does not dance, okay? But maybe do something fun, you know, do something fun together. Maybe that'll help him laugh a little bit more, be a little bit more positive if you guys are doing something fun or planning something together. So, you know, perhaps, you know, the distraction of, doing something or planning something could be something that'd be a bit, a bit more positive in your relationship because y'all need this right. 36 years. You ain't going nowhere. You're going to just be dealing with him. You're not going nowhere. And it is what it is, but at least you can, you know, try to get him out of the house a little bit, you know, let him realize, let him realize, you know, he still has some, a lot of living to do. Just saying. Yeah, go, girl, go out with one of your male friends. No, I'm just playing. Go out with one of your male friends, though. Like, if you feel like he want to be real stank about it, go out with one of your male friends. Get you all dressed up. Go out with one of your male friends. Now, don't you go out there cheating. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go out. Maybe he'll realize. He'll get it together and be like, oh, wait a second. Because, you know, sometimes you got to show him. I will tell you that. Sometimes you got to show him. Be like, oh, if you don't want to be positive and happy and friendly over here, there are people who will be positive and happy and friendly and are more than willing to step into your place. So let me remind you really quickly. No, I, I, no, I wasn't saying go out. I didn't say that. I, I did. said, I said, go out with him, convince him to go out. And I was saying, if that does not work, then go out with one of your male friends and he'll get the point. Now men, Ooh. men, men will, let me tell you something. At the, at our core, we still have a very animalistic instinct and one thing that I know that, that men of all species 
I don't know all species. So y'all, I'm being super extra dramatic, but men of most species will fight for their woman. And most times they realize that something is wrong or that fighting is necessary when someone is encroaching on their territory. That's all I'm saying. If it doesn't work, there's a plan B. That's what I was giving plan B. She means males. Ain't no men dogs. (laughs) Janine is a mess. Anyway, so what did you learn new this week, Janine? So I actually learned some benefits of positive thinking. So I was looking now there's a book out called the power of positive thinking. Everyone's probably heard of it. So if y'all haven't heard it or heard of it, read it, listen to it on audiobooks. please go get the book. I'm not even sure what the author's name is. Forgive me, but y'all can look it up. If you just look up the book, the power of positive thinking, you will find it. But this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is here are some benefits, like actual benefits to your life of positive thinking. So thinking positively gives us better coping skills. So when we do go through something difficult, it gives us the ability to cope with it better. It gives us better cardiovascular health. It gives us better psychological and physical health. It also helps us resist certain illnesses. It lowers our pain levels. It lowers our rates of depression and it increases our lifespan. So While it seems like it's just a a quick flip of a switch, it can actually make very long lasting impacts on your life just to think more positively. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? So I learned five things that negative people do. And when I wrote these down, I was like, "Mm, I could have wrote this article myself, right? And I'm pretty sure that you could have wrote this article yourself as well, Janine. And they are number five. They play the victim, right? Woe is me. No one else. Uh, everybody's at wrong at, at, in the wrong except for me. You know, I am always the victim, right? <laughs> number four. They talk badly about others. Always. They always talk bad about everybody else. Can't say nothing good about nobody else. Always bad. Number three, if they disagree with you, they won't even try to listen to your point. You know, those people that are having an argument, people in relationships, I know you get this because I feel like my husband used to do this all the time. Like you're not even hearing me. You just waiting for your next point to come out your mouth. And then I'm like, but I just said, you know, X, Y, and Z. But you're not even worried about that. You're worried about what you're about to say, right? You don't even listen, okay? Number two, they just complain all the time. It can be about nothing. Oh, I'm cold. Oh, the weather is bad today. Oh, I don't feel like doing nothing today. Oh, I don't like my head. It's just complain, complain, complain all the time, okay? And then number one, they don't value your good intentions, All right, so are we ready for the motivational moment after we got those negative things people say? Yes, ma'am. All right, so Albert Einstein, yeah, I'm bringing it to somebody smart. He said, stay away from negative people. They have a problem for every solution. Now, chew on that for a second. Instead, choose people that truly have your best interest at heart. People who want to be the solution 
in your time of trouble. People who breathe life into you, not suck the life out of you. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep, BWC. Oh, That's Deep, Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.